hello, and welcome to Movie Buffs, everybody. This is a show that covers the best action films of all time. I'm your host, Cisco, a.k.a. Misfit Minded, and you can find me on Twitter at Rampage underscore Misfit, and on my movie pages at Misfit underscore Minded on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I'm your host, Shani B, and you can find me on all the socials at Shani B Movies. So this is the Oscars week, though, so I want to make sure we have some time to get into all this uh, Oscars talk because I have some thoughts and... uh, Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm I'm really looking forward to talking about it because this is a it, weird year and talking about the movies this year is really weird too, I feel like. It really it's such a I mean like even more than like the pandemic year, you know what I mean, the pandemic Oscar year. It just feels like Yeah. Is this really happening? Is this really Yes. like this week? Like I don't understand I don't feel like it's happening and um I don't know if you saw what they they announced today the new presenters that are presenting this sunday no what did they announce um okay let let me just read you off this list and you tell me if this screams um movie history and oscars Uh uh-oh okay dj khaled okay jennifer garner her tiffany haddish tony hawk okay bill murray yeah elliot page and sean white I'm yes. Like, uh, yes. I... Is this <laughs> what? what is happening? Is this like the MTV uh, X Games Awards, or <laughs> is this the Oscars? <laughs> it really does seem I'm to so encapsulate confused. how I'm so confused. Seriously, <laughs> yes. Like that. That's such a great mirror for like how <laughs> random the movies themselves are this year, and how we're supposed to compile them all together. Because I don't know where the Oscar sits in culture. I guess right now, like post-pandemic, but also in terms of the future, who knows what the point of this is? Like, I don't, I, I can't even remember if someone is hosting, right? Like, there's not a host. There's, no, right? there is. There's three hosts this year. It's, um, oh, shit. Okay. It's, oh, God. <laughs> I, I mean, can't even remember their names. The fact that we can't remember isn't good. Wanda Sykes. It's not good. It's Wanda Sykes. Okay. Um, okay, down for that. I can't remember the, what's the um, the comedian, the white girl comedian, Dirty Mouth, uh, who's in a bunch of movies. I want to say Amy um, something. Amy Schumer. Amy Is Schumer. That her? Yeah, that might be it. Yeah, Amy Schumer. Yeah, probably. And um, who's the third one? <laughs> Damn. And there's a third one. That's I, it's so weird. Like, again, I know, and it was like I I saw that, and I was like, again. What does this have to do with the Oscars and like, I guess they're trying Cinema. to be like, get three funny people. Um, but I don't think Amy Schumer is funny. I couldn't even think of her name because I don't watch her stuff at all. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, it was of a time and that yeah. time has sort of shuffled along. But yeah, yeah, I guess like that's what's so weird about it is it's changed so much as a show. And I guess like as in a an awards body and and regina hall that's the last host nice regina hall it's so so. much (laughs) yeah i mean how are any of them gonna really host (laughs) i was like because i was i was like going through like my you know last year all my youtube videos and stuff i did and i i I think the oscars episode we did is like one of my favorites like because i ended up watching almost the whole thing again and just like our reactions Uh. to it and um (laughs) Yeah, we were just dumbfounded at like what is going on with the Oscars, the no host thing they tried to do last year, ending it on the the cliffhanger ending like that happened last year. Like it was just a mess. So and, like, weird. This this year is shaping up to be like another mess, honestly, for me. Like, and I I do love the Oscars. I think it's like the best award show out there. It's the only one I watch mm-hmm. really that I care about. Right. But it just seems like I heard I, I was reading all these news articles about, you know, um, ABC is not happy with the Academy and like the ratings going down every year. So, like, <laughs> I want to say that this is like part of that. It has to be like why they're trying to appeal to a mass audience. But the Oscars yeah. isn't it's just not going to be a mass audience thing. That's the whole point of the Oscars. That's why I'm like. I'm like pulling my hair out. Like, why don't you guys understand? Like, this is so people that don't normally watch these movies can watch these movies. It's not like to nominate Spider-Man No Way Home and like the most popular, six most popular movie. It's not for that. So like, I don't know. It's just, 
it's just very confusing to me that they're trying to like wrestle with this bear that doesn't exist. Like just do what you've been doing. I think the ratings are down all across the board for all TV. Like, so I just don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, unless you're the Super Bowl or the NBA, like no one's watching TV anymore anyway, like, like that. So and everything is niche now. Yeah. Everything is niche. There is literally something for every single random viewer of all time. And that means that it's really hard to get you all at once. We have to like let that go and just yeah. let the Oscars be that for the niche of like people in film or people at least interested in film and let go of people who we don't care about anymore. Like there's so many viewers. I'm just like trying to figure that. out what the Tony Hawk, Sean White, what are they going to do up there? Like, I don't know what this is. It's so I mean, I confusing. hope they skate. Oh <laughs> I hope I hope God. Tony Hawk skates, like at the very least. But yeah, yeah. I don't. And TV really movie awards that vibes. Do... That's what I'm getting from yes. it. Like, like, or Grammys. Like this is like her and DJ Khaled. Like music artist. Like yeah. What I don't know doing? what is happening. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. But I let's really pick wish presenters who we of... know have not seen any of these movies. Let's pick. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, like, that's pro- that was the idea. Yep, you nailed it. That's exactly what the idea had to have been because otherwise I can't see a point. And I don't know, like, does anyone ever explain this shit? Like, is there a what? person who goes in oh. front of a board meeting and is like, so yeah. this is why we've made these choices. Like, I'm are just there picturing, even explanations? I'm just picturing, like, the SpongeBob meme where, like, his brain is on fire. There's, like, mini SpongeBobs running around and the whole office is on fire. Yes. Like, that's my... <laughs> That's that's probably totally accurate too. And I, Jeez. I and that yeah, that's like the least of the problems. Like we let's get into our predictions here. But like even like stuff that's nom like I'm I can't remember the last time I was like this uninterested in the Oscars. Yeah, like, I, this is just the, so boring. All of these choices and like even predicting. I'm like, it's either gonna be mm-hmm. like. I don't see any upsets happening. And even if there are upsets, it's not like ones I'm really excited about. So it's like, I don't know. So, so we'll That's just get true. into it. Um, we'll just do a quick rundown of our predictions here. Uh, best actor. Should we read off like who's nominated to? I didn't think about that. We should probably do that. Nah. No? I mean, we could. <laughs> I was going to say like, I'm kind of with you where I feel like this interested. is a hard one where we could... I'm not quite interested and I feel like it's going to be phoned in in the same way where I'm like, I don't think anyone knows who's nominated. Who's care- I yeah, don't know who, cares? who even voted. Yeah. Like I'm not yeah. sure who's even participating. Cause it just seems like everyone's like doing it more participation style. Like they've handed out the trophies already, you mm, know? Yeah. I know what you mean. It just seems so random, but, but you're right. Like it would be more respectful if we read the category. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. So here we go. So best actor, <laughs> We have uh, Javier Bardem being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Heart of the Dog, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith, King Richard, <laughs> or Denzel for Tragedy of Macbeth. Who do you think is taking it? I think it's got to go to Will Smith, but fuck, Denzel is so good. And yeah. I don't know. Again, these are all movies that are real. The performances are so hard to compare. Mm. They're all so different. Yeah. They're choosing to do different things. And I just want one for Will Smith, so I'm gonna yeah. like say that, and hopefully they follow through. But who knows? I do love Will Smith. What a weird category. I do love Will Smith. Um, I I don't think he kind of he deserves it for this movie necessarily. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, especially like compared to the, I, I wasn't a huge King Richard fan, um, even though I wanted to be. And uh, mm-hmm. Denzel did steal the Oscar from will smith in uh 2001 for training day so that would be hilarious if that happened again uh but yeah, I, I i do yeah. think i do think will's gonna win it though people love will smith it's gonna be like he deserves it at this point like this might be his last chance mm-hmm. to get an oscar so i think it is gonna be will smith yeah. um I'm trying to think who would even like be close i mean maybe cumberbatch because like there's a huge power of the dog following too and he's like probably the meatiest <laughs> part in that movie uh, no pun intended. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, so yeah, maybe that. Um, I did really like Andrew Garfield and Tick Tick Boom to do the. He's doing some phenomenal work. So. Yeah, yeah, he is definitely on my list of a person who I'm waiting to have the he's right the best part thing of the at movie. the right time because he's yes, he's so yeah. good. He's always so good. Mm-hmm. He's just not always in a movie that can carry can go as far as he can carry it. I guess. Yeah. 
Um, so okay, yeah, that's that's our prediction. Will Smith. Next up, we got we'll actor see. in a supporting role. Uh, Sierra yes. Hines, Belfast. Troy Kotzer, Coda, Jesse Plemons, Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons being the Ricardos, or Cody Smith McVee for Power of the Dog again. Um, I think this one's like pretty easy, like gonna be Troy Kotzer. I think it's like I haven't yep. heard anybody else in the conversation. He's winning all the awards. Like I yep. really did love Coda, and he's like one of the I mean, the scene with him and the daughter is like just one of the so good best scenes of the year for me. So yeah, yep. I think that's yep. him. I think, and he deserves it. Yeah, he deserves it. Totally deserves it. For sure, I totally agree. I feel like it. It's really hard to compare the performances, like it is the movies, and I mm-hmm. think that's why this this is a good. Uh, why the acting categories are always my favorite because at the very least, there's like some small piece we can absolutely look at, yeah. and I think he's doing what you need to do to be effective. Because even though Coda isn't cheating and trying to make me feel something I wouldn't normally feel, mm-hmm. that's how emotionally effective his performance is. That I'm like, hey, all right. I am. It's been hilarious to see like so many people like turn on Coda because like it was a huge Sundance. I mean, this happens all the time now. I feel like with the internet, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but like it was like really loved (laughs) at Sundance, and then like Mm -hmm. I heard nothing of it for like a year, and now that it like might upset in other categories, like people Mm -hmm. like it's the same thing that happens every year at the Oscars, where like oh you guys would like this is the safe heartwarming movie or whatever, and I'm just like well right. I mean, yeah, but like, it's still good. at least at least it's good though. You know what I mean? At least it's like a good. If you're gonna be in that Oscar, whatever that you want to call it, Oscar Beatty category, like at least make it heartwarming and do your job at that. And I, they do like so. I'm just like, I don't know. Yes. And it, 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 it so it's like a very power of the dog versus Coda camp right now. Like on either side of people, mm-hmm. just like really hyperbolically talking about either film, and I'm just like, ugh, I hate on the internet sometimes so i'm just i'm staying away from all that yeah i i agree i feel like we're not asking for too much of of coda i guess but that's kind of why i like it because it shouldn't be that like an oscar movie is only something that's like the craziest shit we haven't ever seen before sometimes it has to be something really authentic and at the very least i think that's what coda has to offer and i feel like of course people always turn on the easy winner they don't like something that's like easily able to walk across the finish line they want it to be earned or something yeah so yeah, I do want to talk about the movie. So let's do let's just do actress and supporting actress and picture, and then we can talk about romance in the zone. So actress in a leading role: Jessica Chastain, Isa Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart uh, for Spencer. Perfect. Yeah. I really hope Jessica Chastain doesn't win for this, but I feel like she is going to. So <laughs> this is another one where I'm just like, this is like the worst performance out of the movie. I- like, <laughs> like I want, I want Kristen Stewart. My heart wants Kristen Stewart, but like, I know better than to like go with my heart for the Oscars. Cause you will just get heartbroken every time. So, I mean, straight up, I, Jess Chastain is another person who I've been like waiting for her to just collect an award yeah. already because she's always so good and she always goes very hard. Her interpretation was straight up insanity. So I would love this to be the one that goes down in the history book as her best <laughs> It will be great. I know. It's, but I do think Chastain I don't, is like the front runner. She's won a lot of awards too. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, actress in a supporting role. We got uh, Jesse Buckley, The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose, West Side Story, Judy Dench, Belfast, Kristen Stewart, Power of the Dog, and Anjanou Ellis for King Richard. This is a weirder one. Like, this is like a one I'm not really as sure. Like, I feel like it's more up in the air, but I mean, I did hear like Ariana DeBose, like everyone loved her the most, and it would be like cool to see, um, you know, the same role one for the same you know what i mean twice like the only time that's ever happened was with the godfather one and two i think i think it's gonna go to her yeah that's my prediction yeah i mean i really want kirsten dunst Mm. because i she's an og fave of mine mary jane yes so it'd be amazing for her to just rally and scoop one of those up but also again so random yeah like how those are two performances so far away from each other on the spectrum that i don't 
I have no idea which the voter is interested in caring about this time around. Mm. But I do like the history piece. So it'll be cool if that does happen. And she was great. So I I won't be unhappy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't really love her in it, though. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, that was one of the weaker pieces of that movie for me was her and uh, her husband. And I forget his name, Jesse Plemons. Like, the stunt casting of that, I was I was questioning at the time, like, if that actually kind of hurt it. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. It didn't it didn't feel like like there was one. I like the Jesse Plemons scene where he's like gets emotional to her. Like, that was mm-hmm. good. But like everything else like her and the alcoholism bit i just was like this is doing nothing for me like i don't know <laughs> so uh but i know a lot of people like it. i mean cumberbatch is is the to me the best and, and mcphee are the best parts of that movie yeah yeah i mean that definitely is maybe the only other picture conversation open still is like power the dog i think so yeah let's let's get into that because this is that's the next one so best picture we got let me see here Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Um, but you you said it like I think it's Power of the Dog or Coda right now is like the two because like like I said it's the two camps like those are the ones people are getting the most emotional over. It's like it's a good storyline I guess. We're like I hate people that treat it like sports, but like that's what happens. It's like. One's the more subtle and dramatic piece and the other one's like more like tears at your heartstrings, more like, you know, heartbreak, like a family drama. And so, yep, you got like two different Oscar favorite camps. And like, I yeah, I, I would I would love to see Coda upset. I really like I said, that was my one of my top five films of last year. So I really loved it. And pe- I know people are already comparing it to Green Book. Like if it wins, I'm just like, shut up. Like, I hate. Yeah. <laughs> Of course. Of course people fucking do that. <laughs> it's so rude. I know. It's just, I, I can't stand it. Yeah. Like, I, it's like, it's it's just, I think it would be a good win. I do. I really do. And, yeah. like, and if Power of the Dog wins, like, I'll be happy for Jane Campion and, and all those guys, too. Like, so, and I, I yeah, but I, I think, like, Campion has a better chance of winning director than, mm, you know, probably some of the other acting categories and maybe maybe Best Picture. I think it's still in the race for Best Picture, but. For sure. Yeah, I can see Coda coming in here. I can see Coda come. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I feel like Coda could be could win if it splits the votes mm. because I feel like Best Picture always weirdly ends up having something like that happen. It's the safer pick. Yeah, exactly. You can see a lot of the older the older guys like watching with their families and being like, "Oh, this was so sweet." That's a great. Yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I feel like uh, Power of the Dog is just has a conversation around it that makes me think of how all Best Picture winners in, you know, uh, retrospect, people are always like, that movie wasn't even that good. Oh, my God. No. And it's like only at the time. Yeah. And I just feel like people will kind of do a version of that because it reminds me of of like the discourse around, you know, the King's speech and stuff like that, where. Although Moonlight, Moonlight and Parasite are two best pictures in the last couple of years that are holding up great. Like that's that, true. I haven't I have not seen the tide turn for both of those movies. So I'm just like, so they do get it right. Sometimes there, there are some some d- during you have to dig through some of the dirt <laughs> <laughs> to find some some real gems there but uh sometimes i do get it right it's true and um i just hope it's don't look up like i'll be so fucking mad if don't look up wins best picture <laughs> that'd be the biggest troll that'd be the biggest troll of, of all time that would be hilarious though that would really i think that would really encapsulate like the problem <laughs> right that we're having with the academy like if that happened it'd be like yep we're trying to get every single person involved in this instead of you know trying to figure it out so i don't know we'll see either way i think i'm i'm looking forward to uh next year already i'm ready (laughs) i'm ready to slide yeah this is not this is not a list of like if we're talking best films of last year there these some of these films are not making my top i haven't made a top list yet but i'm like a lot of these are not making my top 20 list correct (laughs) and not saying they're like terrible i think that's the oscars problem is like most of them are just like fine like they're i just instantly forget them like they're that's like king richard to me it's like yeah that was an hbo max movie cool like i don't think i ever need to see that or talk about that again (laughs) right (laughs) it's fine we'll see we'll see i'll be we'll be watching sunday so absolutely all right well i am very excited to get into it so you want to kick us off 
Today we're talking about the 1984 film Romancing the Stone, starring Michael Douglas, Kathleen Turner, and Danny DeVito. If you haven't seen it, it's about a reclusive romance novelist who travels to Colombia to rescue her sister from a kidnapper, looking to find a map to a precious stone in the jungle. Along the way, she teams up with a rugged vagabond to race to recover the jewel first. So Shani B., are you a fan of this movie? What do you love? What do you hate? I love this fucking movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I rewatch it constantly. I kind of figured that's what the response was going to be. Yep, yep. I always go back and revisit this and the sequel for sure. It's, you know, that classic Taming of the Shrew style story where the woman, right. you know, needs to really be kind of beaten into submission to Let realize loose. she loves yeah. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Their team up is is so good, even if it's problematic, because there's yeah, just something right. really fun about how they both they like play off of each other's nonsense in a way that it still holds up in like a kind of acute, silly and sexy way, mm. even though I will admit it is a little bit problematic. Right. What about you? How how was this as a first time viewer? I'm so jealous. <laughs> first time. And yeah, I kind of already spoiled it for like last night we were talking about it, but like I really love this movie. Like I was, it's like one of those I was like, how have I never seen this before? Like this is totally the type of shit that I love in my movies. Like I love a good sexy romance at the middle. I like adventure and action and fun. Like you said, like like pretty much all the adjectives you use to describe it, like that's exactly what it was. And then I was looking at like some of the credits on this thing, and I was like. And these are like all my favorite people who worked on this movie, like Robert Zemeckis and yeah. Dean Cundy shot this movie and Alan Silvestri did the score. And I'm like, holy so shit, good. Like, man, how have I not seen this movie? <laughs> it was it was really I thought it was really incredible and like really fun, you know, and, and I saw like a, I was like doing the research. A lot of people kind of comparing it to Indiana Jones. And like, I love Raiders of Lost Ark, too. Like, that's one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I don't know, honestly. It's different. It's a different it tone to me than than Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like this is definitely more slapsticky and romance, like aiming for more that that comedy and and romance than you know that, that's that's in those movies with indie all the time. You know what I mean? Of like, course. But and especially like this being from the female perspective as well. Like Kathleen Turner is the main person. Like it's not even though uh, Michael Douglas is like the marquee name he doesn't show up until like 30 minutes in the movie yeah which i thought was like very different and i actually like that a lot too that you know like you said it is taming the shrew but like that you know they explore that and like you know you get to see her you know living out her life and uh before she gets to yep. columbia and all that stuff so um and yeah i thought she was great in it kathleen turner like she was down to clown in all of the ways like, <laughs> the best ways <laughs> It was it was just it was just so fun to to watch and her and Michael Douglas have just like great um chemistry on it's screen so together. true so so yeah I really loved it it's so true they they did a handful of movies in the eighties where they sort of played this same kind of dynamic of like going back and forth between really hating each other and fucking each other and there's a really <laughs> <laughs> they hilariously so Danny DeVito is also like always in the wings of all these movies they've done together oh. One of my faves. One of my faves. So good. If you ever get the chance to see a movie called War of the Roses, it's another one starring the three of them. And it's so fucking funny. It's crazy, but it's really, really funny. And yeah, there's just something so unique about the two of them. And I love this because there's a lot of action in it. You know, Zemeckis makes sure to elevate it and make the stakes high. But then there's also like a focus on making sure that we didn't forget this is really about people falling in love and that like this is supposed to be a romance novel style story. And I I feel like he does capture that in such a creative way. That's a good point. That's a good point. And and I feel like, okay, now that I'm thinking about it, that's probably why I didn't see this growing up. Because, you know, you see like you see the cover of romance novels and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, you're like a little boy and you're like, oh, my God, this is so corny and like, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. So I bet you like I saw the cover of this and I was like, oh, yeah, this isn't this isn't something I'm going to like. But like you said, it, it it does have those like tropes in there. But I, I did my some of my favorite stuff is like them kind of subverting the trope or like basically like winking like we know this is a trope. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, some of the visual gags, especially like what had me cracking up, like some of the dialogue, like and even 
it's almost like they're disinterested in the plot at some point because they're just like we know what you guys want like you guys just want to see like you said like fucking and (laughs) action and we're gonna give it to you (laughs) (laughs) yep yep and uh there's gonna be some romantic slower down scenes but like uh yeah so like like just some of the visual gags in her apartment and stuff like how it's like remember to buy tissues on the note and then she blows her nose with the with the note like just stuff like that i'm like they're just fully aware that this is like this is like such a rom-com trope of the single woman that can't find a man but at the same time it's like he's an asshole such an asshole (laughs) such an asshole the whole time and he he's He's not going to be the gentleman like (laughs) that. You know, she even has to like explain to him like what a real man is at one point and stuff like that. It's all it's very you can read it on all those different levels and still enjoy it. That's what I think like the best kind of movies do. Like Mm -hmm. you can watch this as a romance novel fan, you know, which I'm not and and enjoy it on that level. You can watch it as an action movie fan, which I am and enjoy it on that level. Yes. And like just a lot of 80s stuff and comedy as well and, and physical comedy. So yeah, it's just a really nice mixture of of stuff, you know what I mean, of gumbo of of action and uh, romance and stuff like that that I, I really enjoyed, yeah. Totally. It's sort of the slight pivot that Zemeckis is able to make outside of Spielberg, which is just kind of create a little bit more absurdity within yes. <laughs> all of that stuff. And I think that's what's so great about his movies, but also him doing a movie like this. Yeah, he's willing he's to- He's funnier. Yeah. He's funnier than Spielberg. That's I think that's what that's what makes it different. It's a little it's a little zanier than than Raiders. That's why it feels different. Yes, exactly. He's like definitely willing to play in those ways. And there's just something really magical about all these things coming together in the 80s. Everyone's like in a top of their game place. And this movie is so big when it really could have been kind of cheesy. Mm-hmm. There's just something like straight from the beginning where they're willing to do to go right. right from a space of making fun of the romance novel characters with like that opening scene is the best. Oh, I love that. Right. That was so co- that was so cool. Yeah, that was so dope. Because I was like, oh, we're we're already in this. I'm like, what is this? This like Western that we're already like stepped into. But then you realize mm-hmm. we had we kind of did this, you know, on the heels of the, the what is the the Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum movie. Yeah, The Lost City. I just saw the trailer for that. And like they straight up do the same exact like where yeah. she's writing the the story. And I'm like, oh, so this is like way more like Romance in the Stone than I even thought. <laughs> like. <laughs> Because I had never seen this. So I'm curious to see how they like wrestle with that. Like, and I hope it's not just like a straight up ripoff, but it's very similar from just the trailer that like, oh, yeah, she's a romance novelist. And then she it comes to life for her. Like, yep. Yeah. I hope they do something different with it. Right. It seems like they'll probably lift and then try to leave out some of the like in, you know, Colombian rebels storylines, things that are really so random. Don't and really I don't know that. why they were <laughs> in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, I always forget that piece. <laughs> That's what I mean, though, with, like, they kind of, like, don't give a shit about that. So, like, even though it doesn't really work on a, like, I would say that if we're talking about plot holes and inconsistencies and stuff like that, like, totally. the villains ha- have no motivations other than just like you know money or greed you just assume i guess like that's what their end goal is but they never have a villain bond speech of like right i'm gonna tell you exactly what i've been plotting this entire movie like there's none of that it's just like we're following uh the main characters the whole time and it's and in a way like you know like i said that's like a plot hole but at the same time you don't have any time to think about it because you're on the run the whole time so i kind of liked it i kind of liked that they just were like you know what Yada yada yada. The, right, right. <laughs> the villains and the the drugs and the the kidnapping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I love the line Danny DeVito has where he's like, "We're all after the stone. At least we're not trying to romance it out from under her." Romance it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I like that. That is sort of like maybe the only nod to the fact that they're like, "This is something everybody wants, but only Michael Douglas has the special touch for." <laughs> Yeah, because I feel like that is also the theme of like why they were always in so many movies together, because she really didn't work so well against any other dude but him, which Mm. is so weird. Michael Douglas is so random. (laughs) Yeah, he has a he has a very particular energy of like asshole and like pervert. (laughs) (laughs) 
not a lot of actors can pull off and still be redeeming yes. at the end of the day. Like, I think, like, that's what I think separates him and why he was in those, like, 90s sex thrillers. Like, you know, that's why he kind of got pigeonholed into that yeah. to that lead role. <laughs> but, like, it makes him perfect for that. And, like, for her to to kind of find the the fit for that, you know, for her to be that missing piece, too, was, like, for them to do all those movies. Like, I, I had no idea. And It's amazing. You know, just to, I guess put some of the research here because we're talking about Douglas and everything now like this was like his first big movie which I didn't really know wow like he he wasn't he wasn't really a star at this point like because this is like early 80s this is like 84 yeah <laughs> and uh he was producing mainly like he was a producer before everything and wow he had he had found the script from the the writer I can't I don't have her name up top but Diane something. Diane Thomas, yeah. Yeah, Diane Thomas. Rest in peace. She uh he, she was a waitress. She was a waitress and he she gave him the script or whatever to produce it and he bought it from her for like $200,000 or $250,000 or something like crazy like that. And everyone thought he was nuts to do that and he and like especially cuz she was a first time writer this was yeah. her first credit and he was like you know i don't care if it's the 10th movie or the first movie if it, i like it i like it and he shopped this around hollywood to try and find you know sylvester stallone i heard audition for it and turn it down a lot of every every leading man guy like that you would think to play the douglas part turn it down idiots so he eventually was just like you know what like i'm gonna put my money where my mouth is and i'll produce and i'll star in this movie and like try and mm-hmm. get this thing off the ground and it was like it's just really an underdog story all around even Zemeckis was in basically directing like on the verge of like being director jail because he had two flops uh with used cars and I want to hold your hand which were not successful and um basically they were like everyone thought that he was gonna be a flop for this like this was gonna flop this movie so I, <laughs> one of the research facts was that he um because he had he had the job to do Cocoon after this, and because everyone thought this was going to flop, preem- they preemptively fired him from oh, Cocoon wow. before this movie came out uh, <laughs> to direct that. Wow. <laughs> so no one believed in any of the people that were involved in this movie, and so yeah, it was a really like startup project from Douglas and all the actors involved. And um, the way Danny DeVito got cast, like, is that him and Douglas were roommates in New York, and. You know, and Doug, and that was before DeVito was kind of a star too. Yeah, he's so young. And you know, he was like, "I have this part. I have this part in this movie. If you want to play it." And DeVito, and the, some of the behind the scenes, DeVito was saying like that he was just like he had to flip like fifty pages for like his one little like sneaking around. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, under a table and like, he's always in the background. But like, again, I kind of love that. Like, yep. I'm just like, I don't really need more from him. Like, he's so funny. I love Danny DeVito. So he, he's like, he kind of did it for him. And he's he credits Douglas with kind of starting his career wow. with this movie, too. So like, I had no idea this was such an important movie for all of the people involved. Like, this is a landmark movie for not just the action adventure genre and romance genre, but just like, the starting point for all these actors so it's yeah that was like one of the things during the research i was like blown away i had no idea that this movie was that big that's so awesome because zemeckis after this he got the green light to do back to the future which is what he always wanted to to direct wow. he never would have gotten back to the future if he didn't if this movie wasn't a hit he never would have gotten to do that so wow that is i'm so glad you that you do do the research yeah <laughs> So that we can learn that kind of shit, because that's so... I know. <laughs> how could you know, right? Like, you'd never know. It was really good this week. It was really good this week, the research. Like, sometimes the movies, it's, like, not that much. But this week, yeah. I was like, wow. Like, this is... It was blowing my mind. Every, every like, piece, a new piece was, like, Jesus. And then, yeah, even Diane Thomas, like you said, died in a... a car accident. In a car crash. Like... Fucking crazy. Not too long afterwards, which just sucks, because, you know, she... She didn't even get to enjoy the the sequel. I think they had were shooting it or in the process of it. Um, you know, while, like when that happened. She, yeah, when that happened, and so Damn. that's why the movie's dedicated to her. The sequel is, but right. um, I don't know how far she was involved in that sequel. But um, yeah, that's just that's so sad too. That you know, Douglas again pushing a female writer, which they all of everybody in the behind the scenes was saying like people were not doing that. Like they weren't getting the stories told. From the female perspective or even like being the main leads like yeah not in a meaningful way yeah that's another part that I, that's really crazy to me and really stands out and holds up to me i think for sure for sure and i think it really lays a standard down that says 
you can do a good action movie and a like sexy romance movie too if you do it the right way. And I think he showed that like it's possible with this story. Because I think occasionally a good you know romantic action movie comes along, but it you know without this, I don't even know if people would try. And that's what I love about Robert Zemeckis. He tries some crazy shit. He is down yeah. to try to be practical and experimental in not the scary surrealism ways, but in the fun slap stick ways yeah i think the i think where people why people don't attempt it more often i was trying to think about that too like the balance between the romance and the action i feel like is very hard to pull off yeah like you need yes. the you you need the the sexy romance the this heart of it and also pull off the action and you know usually you'll get one per like a director that's like good at one but not as much the other or you know what i mean it's not mm-hmm. so like the fact that they really got lucky with the casting and and just everybody you know going all in on this and like you know kathleen turner was doing a lot of her stunts and yep. they went out to it wasn't colombia it was mexico but like still they were in the elements it was raining crazy mm-hmm. you know mudslides and all that stuff was really happening and yeah they were doing that shit you know turner i guess got like plenty of stitches Dang. like during the like it was a very dangerous shoot like they were out in the elements doing this and and you and you can tell like yep. there's a lot of the production value i feel like is from that like yep. from that like this is i talk about it all the time but like nowadays i feel like there's so many movies i watch i'm just like oh this was clearly just green screened yeah like all of it <laughs> like this is just an actor he's not even on location like he's just in front of a green screen like there's just something about this type of movie i mean and <laughs> Like the the part where they're they're in that car chase and they're like you know yes. jumping over you know the the river and all that stuff is just like yeah you don't I don't know why don't you just see that in movies as much anymore it's it's kind of crazy that you know I wish we'd go back to that exactly I mean I would really like to see a side by side pricing comparison of practical stunts and what they cost versus the digital because that's always the argument. Right. Exactly. Because I just don't think that it's possible to really get the authenticity you can doing something practical if you don't do something practical. Like, yeah, there was only maybe half a semester of pantomime in the entire acting program I went to. So there's no way that any actor is going and feeling equipped to just make the whole world up every time. That's crazy. Yeah. It makes no sense. I think even like, you know, being in the elements is, is has its own challenges, too, for actors. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like like you said, like Zemeckis is such a visual filmmaker. So good. And and this is such a physical movie that you kind of need that to like push everybody to, you know, to make it feel like there's stakes. Because there's a, like like you said, there's a lot of gunfights in here. There's a lot of like chases and, mm-hmm. you know, they were using blanks and like, you know, they were saying it just felt like real. Like they were really out in the jungle, like running around, <laughs> like running <laughs> away from people that were trying to kill them. Yeah, yeah. It really feels like a ride. Yeah. You know, it feels like when it starts to get going and in the chases, that you're like really in on it because even the sound design is pretty overwhelming and will be coming at you from like the back and the sides with bullet noises, Mm -hmm. you know, like he, he really does step it up to make sure that you feel like you're there. And I think that's what also gets lost with too much CG where like, I don't really feel like I'm actually part of, you know, this chase anymore because they're not there either. You know, you don't feel like you're there. That's part of my problem with No Way Home. Like, you know, everybody was like in love with it when it came out. I just was like, I never felt like I was in New York at any point. No. Like, I'm like, and, and to me, that's a failure of a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. If, if I don't feel like I'm actually in the heart of, you know, it's such a, that's such central to his character. So yeah, that was kind of a bummer for me. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into some of these stunts too, because like we were talking about this, this is like a lot of incredible stunts in here. We had a, like, again, some weeks there's not that many to choose from, but uh, this week there is. You know, even like 21 Jump Street last week, there was a cup. There was a couple, <laughs> but this one, there's like take your pick. Yeah. So, what stunt our set piece really stuck out to you? Well, I think our favorite is the same one I can see on the notes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's also my favorite because it happens so early in the story. Yeah. So it is during the mudslide when they first meet each other (laughs) and they slide down that hill. There's that really amazing on top shot of them kind of going down the slide. So Mm -hmm. they're both like covered in mud and, you know, then perfectly landing with Michael Douglas's face buried in Kathleen Turner's (laughs) vag. Just so good in the mud. And it's just such a great like tone for like yeah. 
And they leave it on there for a long time. It's not yes. just like snap and it's over. It's like he's down there. Yeah. He is down there in the mud. <laughs> yeah, like the pun is totally intended that they really let you chew on it before he picks picks his head up. And yeah, that just sets the tone for like, it's about to be this way. And even when he does, he stares at her leg too. He's like looking at her leg like, oh yeah, like I, this is a place I want to be in. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's so, like I said, the pervy, the pervy Douglas was definitely out of this movie and uh, I was here for it. Yep. Like that was, so, that was like the best physical gag I feel like of the whole movie. To yes. Me. It was just like perfectly executed. Exactly. Exactly. And Douglas said that he's like, you can thank one of the storyboard artists for that gag because he had designed that and was like, wouldn't that be funny if, if. We, that's how you landed in there and even the even like him staring at the leg like perfectly arched in the shot like that was from the you can see the storyboards of it like wow. of the artist's vision of that so that's awesome again it's very it's very like looney tunes like yeah. comic book you know and you know kathleen turner is the voice of of uh uh, what's her name from Roger Rabbit? Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. Hell yeah. So uh, it's very intentional. I feel like that some of that that you know physical cartoonish comedy is in there, and it's it's hilarious. I think it's oh so good. It's perfect. I mean, <laughs> another another throwaway physical gag was like at the beginning when she like opens her fridge and there's just like one egg by itself. Like I don't yeah. know why that <laughs> made me laugh so hard because <laughs> they're like oh. It, she le- she bends down to get something and then it goes down and it's like the reveal of one egg in there. And I just was like, not even a carton, not nope. even like 12 nope. eggs. <laughs> just one egg on the shelf. Like it's just so, so like, good. Bare minimum. Yeah. Every every all the all the physical gags were really killing me in this movie. But that, I think that was the best one for sure. Just so smart. I also was like, shout out to when they jumped into the waterfall, because that one that was impressive too, because there was a car the car falling yeah. into the waterfall. While they're both next, like, well, no, the stunt people are, presumably. Right. But still, I was like, holy shit, like, that's dangerous. That looks so dangerous. Yeah. And um, and they ran out over a chicken, too. I don't know if you caught that. but I did see that. There was a part where they run over a chicken, <laughs> and the chicken survives. Yep. And I was like, damn. The Made chi- it. Even the chicken got a stunt in this movie. So, <laughs> yeah, those were just a couple other ones. <laughs> <laughs> yes so many good chases yes with that guy who loves her romance uh novels that that local dude they find oh pepe was that his name pepe oh man <laughs> yes he's so funny and i love when they're like talking about the romance novels together he was just geeking out yes that chase is so good yeah <laughs> yeah it's crazy how how many set pieces there end up being in here mm-hmm. because another one i had to write down was when her sister is trying to escape in the beginning and that kid like throws the slingshot from all the way down the street. Oh, yeah. And like wraps it around her neck and then drives off with her in that awesome red convertible. What a crazy stunt that was. Yeah, you don't really see that. No. You don't see that in movies. (laughs) It was so baller too. The little kid being like, oh, I'm just playing on the street. No, I'm not. I'm kidnapping this woman. (laughs) (laughs) What an amazing stunt. Yeah, it was pretty badass. Yes, yes. In terms of kills and such, I guess there's not a lot of kills outside of people being shot every every which way. Right. (laughs) Did any stick with you or you think any of the kills were particularly cold in this story? I think we were agreeing on this one too. Like it's, I was like, holy shit. Like it's, this is pretty dark. I don't know what this is rated. I was like, right. I the- guess it's 84. So it's probably PG. PG. Right. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. Before, probably before PG 13. But yeah, the, I mean, the bad guy gets his hand cut off, his, <laughs> his arm cut off and then thrown into the, the Crocs and eaten yep. by the Crocs. I mean, as soon as they showed he had like a Croc pit, I was like, like Usually whenever the, the villain has like some sort of like shark pit or yes. you can safely say like that's how they're going to go. Yep. Uh, so I kind of had an inkling, but like it was just the combo of like gets his hand cut off. I think he gets shot a couple times, too, and yep. then thrown to the crack thing. And I was like, damn, they like triple killed this guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was brutal. Yeah, she's she sets him on fire. Oh, and set him on fire. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it was crazy. It's they true. like killed that guy like four times. So. That's the hands down the best kill. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And we never really get to that space where we round out that 
the kidnapper wasn't that guy. It was Danny DeVito's cousin. Right. So Danny DeVito's technically the actual bad guy of this story. I know. Except they're all chums by the end. I love he kind of gets away. Yep. He gets away. And that's that like, I love that too. He's like, we'll send the boat back so for you. So good. <laughs> Ira. <laughs> he's just screaming across. Yes. He's over there. <laughs> And then I love how Michael Douglas like is trying to chase the alligator that has the stone. stone. I love that he's like when he's having to decide between pulling the alligator back and saving. Yeah, saving. <laughs> it's so good. Speaking of visual gags, at the end when it's like revealed, you know, with the the croc boots, the croc skin boots, yes. I was like, oh fuck yes, that was the best. Because I was wondering, I'm like, he's probably gonna recover it, but I was like, how are, how is that like? Is he going to like... Yeah, how are we going to know? Show up to her and like, yeah, he, he shows up, to, not even just with the boat, but like with the croc skid boots and like yes. there's no line needed of like, you know, I think he has one line about it. Like, you know, I followed it around or something, yeah. but he died, died in my arms, but you didn't even need that. Like you, you had the croc skin boots. You're like, oh, this guy and you know immediately. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's like one shot is all it takes and... That ending is so crazy. That sailboat is there for the entire credits. Right. So I was looking forward to seeing if there was anything in the research about like, God, it must have cost so much money for Zemeckis to put a sailboat in the middle of the street, New York, and then block the whole fucking street for like five minutes straight while he drives a huge boat. Like that shit is crazy. What a great ending. I didn't see anything with that, but that I was thinking that too. Like that was pretty. That was such a flex move by by Zemeckis and them for sure. So good, such a good ending. Just a couple other couple other gems before we get out of here. From like I said, there's a lot of research on this. You can there's uh, I watched uh, like a 20 minute behind the scenes thing, which was really cool too. Sick. Um, which is on YouTube. Ooh. Which is on YouTube because I don't. Ha- I'm I'm gonna buy the Blu-ray eventually. It's on YouTube. I'll send it to you. It's got all the main cast in it. Looking back on let's go the film and like what it. That's why I got all the info about like their careers and all that. So yeah, there was a sequel called Jewel of the Nile, made in '85. Uh, a year later, so good, not as successful. And there was a third installment that was in development but never got made. Sad days. Yeah, I thought that was. I, I do want to see the sequel though. So it's on HBO Max, so you can totally grab it. It's there. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, we talked about Thomas died in a car accident while working on a project with Steven Spielberg the following year after this movie and seven weeks before the opening of the film sequel. Ah. She was a passenger. Her boyfriend was driving a Porsche that Douglas had bought for her as a thank you gift. So, yeah, that's just dang, such a bummer. Yeah, dang, dang, dang. But she did good. And I, I like that Zemeckis is the kind of filmmaker who's like, if I like this idea or if I think an idea is good, people should make it. and. We need to make movies like that again. We really do. Yeah. Like, and because he's the producer, he's like the main guy on that behind the scenes thing, which I'll, like, I'll, I'll send it to you for sure. Fuck yes. But yeah, he's like the main person talking about it because he, I mean, he gave the green light for all the decisions pretty much. <laughs> Hell yeah. Ugh. Because he's put his, he put his money behind this. Yeah, I guess Alan Silvestri was only supposed to do like a temp score for the film, but Zemeckis liked him so much he kept him out as a composer. And I think he's done every Zemeckis movie after that, um, or a lot of them. Yeah, they seem to always come together. I always see their names together. Yeah. And I really like the music in this. Like it's it's definitely very eighties, but like it's like upbeat and got that kind of like I was getting like Miami Vice like Yeah. You know, like <laughs> those detective shows it does have like a something stylish yeah bouncy and kind of fun and yeah and yeah and like sweeping like other times very sweeping and like romantic other times so a little sexy i think the, the balance of that again that was, that's a tough balance to do mm-hmm. both of those but i think they pulled it off mm-hmm. this could be completely this sounds like some uh you know legend stuff that's like could be so untrue but <laughs> I don't I don't completely think this is true, but it says that the famous dance scene that Douglas wasn't aware he was being filmed and that he was just dancing with Turner and some extras, uh, but Enzemeckis just started filming. <laughs> I don't like dude that that that's that whole scene is like That scene is so funny. It's blocked. And yeah, it is hilarious. It is such <laughs> like Douglas's outfit. It's so good. Douglas's like outfit and his hair in this. <laughs> His choices. <laughs> that's like the cover of, of romantic novels right there. That's like, that's what they're going for. I feel yes. Like. like the opened up like blouse, all white, all white fit. So funny. So cool. So hilarious. <laughs> and that mane of hair. Yes. We haven't talked about Douglas's hair, but yeah. What a, what a mane that guy had in the 80s. Oh my God. It's, it's literally insane. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Two more real quick. Okay. We got, uh, I guess, uh, Zemeckis with the clocks. That's like something he does in a lot of his movies. The At the beginning of the movie, he did it in Back to the Future as well. That's right. A couple of his other movies. So yeah, a little trademark there. And then, uh, <laughs> well, I already talked about the chicken, but I just like that scene where he, <laughs> they're on the car chase and he's like, I don't want to kill my favorite pig was hilarious. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Why was that? When they ran over the chicken, like that's the, that's the scene. He doesn't want to run over the pig, but he runs over the chicken instead and the chicken still survives. So yeah, I mean, a chicken, I guess is more capable. Yeah. What a, what a baller move by the chicken. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this movie is so, so good. And yeah. I am so, so good. Glad that we watched it. I'm so happy that you liked it. I, yeah, I thought so. You know, I assumed it was going to be up your alley, but I'm just mm-hmm. glad to know that I didn't make that up and that you did enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really. I'm not really looking forward to the Sandy B. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, I'll see it maybe when it gets to streaming. Yeah, I'll let you know how it is. Yeah, let me know. But this one definitely, because I'm like, this one's a lot darker. I can already tell like that the new verse is going to be a lot more sanitized. It's not going to have the action is not going to be as like visceral or like brutal. Nope. And the stunt work is probably going to be like a lot of CGI. So I'm like the Brad Pitt like part of the trailer though, that had me dying. Like that shit was hilarious. But, it's like, true. Why do you look so handsome? That was so fucking funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll definitely I'm going to see it. So I'll definitely let you know for sure. So I'm like, yeah, it's, it looks it looks decent. Um, And then I, I yeah. And even like the scene of them getting high together. Like, I just love that. Yeah. Like, I was just like, movies don't do that. Like, it's just so simple. They found a pound of marijuana. <laughs> they burn it to start a fire. And so then like, you just see Douglas's face like in the fire. This dude's just getting stoned. Yes. All the stones get romanced in this one. <laughs> <laughs> romancing the other kind of stone <laughs> and um i just was like yeah that was like a you know like, again for, for drugs get so uh criminalized in movies and like just to be like you know what no they're getting high together yeah. and like, you know it was sweet it was sweet and, uh, and funny and she passes out from being too high yes. <laughs> so, which is so good again always ends with a physical comedy button it's like perfect absolutely yeah, I really like this one. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. All right. I have to get out of here. Um, so yeah, let's get our, our plugs in. Where can the people find you? Remind them. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Rampage underscore Misfit. And our movie, my movie page is at Misfit underscore Reminded on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And new, we have a new Instagram page for the show. Yeah. At Action Movie Buffs on Instagram. Go follow that. Woo! We post clips and trailers and um all these like cool poster shandy b does every week for the movies we're about to do so get there yeah i appreciate if you guys could um follow that share that and yeah what about you shandy b yeah find me on tw- instagram twitter and facebook at shandy b movies and otherwise i'm very excited for next week when we'll be watching the godfather it's gonna be it's gonna be a classic classic one 50 years 50 year anniversary can't wait all right thanks for listening make sure to catch us next week for another edition of movie buffs mm-hmm.